Welcome to Truth Lies Shenanigans Podcast. Social commentary, hot topics, amazing guests with a ton of fun and shenanigans along the way. This week's podcast, age ain't nothing but a number, right? Well, as Joe Biden is thinking about running for a second term, we're asking if age is a problem. Then we're talking about that toxic train wreck in Ohio. And we've got a mom whose son was suspended because of her OnlyFans account. And it's Black History Month, so we're spotlighting a little-known civil rights era icon. Yes. Before we get into the podcast, I've got to introduce you to my co-hosts. First up, our college student model, business owner, streaming from Atlanta, Georgia, Ms. Gianni Storm. Hey, everybody. I missed you. I missed you guys. I have been wonderful. The weather has been beautiful. Bipolar, as always. (laughs) (laughs) i found some new hiking trails in atlanta i think i told you guys last time i've been here for a couple years and i've barely been sightseeing and atlanta has zoos a nice aquarium i'm gonna start doing that i'm going by myself that's kind of lame but no that's awesome (laughs) you get to do things on your turn that's right going to the zoo on your own you're gonna stay at the exhibits that you want for exactly how long you want without feeling like okay this person's not into it i gotta go (laughs) that's that's awesome enjoy yeah yeah thanks rob yeah i I was like maybe i'll just connect with the animals Uh, that'll be fun i like <laughs> I like being on my own. So it should, it should Don't be hop cool. any fences, though. Don't hop any fences. <laughs> we'll find her the gorilla right. cage. <laughs> we'll see. I'll take pictures. All right. Next up, we have our nature lover, gamer, rock star coming to you from Ontario, Canada, Mr. Robbie Rock. What's up? What's up, everyone? It's hey, so good hey, to be back. So. Have you seen the trailer for the upcoming movie Cocaine Bear? Uh, yes. Oh, I've heard that. of that. <laughs> yeah, it's coming out February 24th. <laughs> it's basically about a 500-pound black bear that goes on a murderous rampage after unintentionally ingesting cocaine. The crazy <laughs> part is, you know, a, this is based on a, on a true, true story. story. Yeah. <gasps> but oh. it, the story of Pablo Escobar is that in December, it was December 23rd, 1985, that uh, some smugglers were doing a run over Tennessee, and they threw some of their payload out of the plane because it was too heavy, and one of the guys actually jumped, and his chute didn't deploy, he ended up dying. But a 175-pound black bear overdosed on that cocaine. They found like 50 pounds of cocaine in its stomach, three Mm -hmm. grams in its bloodstream, but this bear OD'd and died. And died. It did not come into contact with people but i mean a 500 pound coked out bear that just sounds entertaining (laughs) so they made up like a theory on how that would like oh yeah like what would happen if that's so funny that's genius (laughs) it should be funny it should be should be entertaining yeah (laughs) or scary i don't know how it 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 can be both (laughs) (laughs) i like that all right, and of course, I'm your host, Neo Nix. 
So, guys, last night I was listening to the radio and they were talking about this thing called fat fishing. Not cat fishing, but fat fishing. So, apparently on Reddit, they've been talking about this. And it's a thing where, especially, you know, post-pandemic, people are posting pics of themselves on dating apps, social media from like three years ago or whatever. And then they show up on dates like 30 pounds heavier. Oh, it's so like regular dating profiles. Right? <laughs> Basically, right? Right. How is this a new thing? <laughs> right. Every single I mean, person. People, people feel duped. People feel duped. So, you know, of course, there's a lot of talk about like body shaming and stuff like that. I, I'm curious, Johnny. So I mean, like if you went on an online date and someone's like 20, 30 pounds heavier than their picks, does that matter to you? You still going on a date? You still chilling? You would. I think it would matter if the person looks like substantially different because you know how some people can put on weight and they just you put on weight you still look good mm-hmm. weight or not but some people like when they sometimes tend to put weight they kind of let go in other areas too and they look unkept not all because yeah, we're trying to say what you trying to say gianni i hear <laughs> you, you talking talk about me you talking about Sorry, nah. <laughs> but you know sometimes it's like it's not even fat fishing at that point it's cat fishing because your appearance it's different. Mm-hmm. It's catfish, so yeah. I would feel duped. What about you, Rob? Um, my stint with online dating, I used current photographs. Why? Because, well, hey, this is who I am. This is what I look like. Mm-hmm. So yeah, when people didn't do me the same courtesy, it uh, you feel a little bit duped. Where it's yeah, just like, okay, right. come on, you're, you're photoshopped as hell. This isn't who you are. Hey, your bone structure is different from your last picture. That's interesting. Yeah. See, I don't think it's about that somebody's fat or somebody's bigger or whatever it is. Uh, I'll admit I did online dating for like a year. Hated it. Hated it. Online. Right. Oh I would. It's the worst. Yeah. It's the worst. I would never suggest it for anybody. But <laughs> I did a coffee date and there was a lady who was who ended up being like five years older than her picks and maybe 10, 15 pounds heavier. And, you know, what? of course, I'm not one to body shame or fat shame or anything like that. Right. But it really was about. The fact that I felt like, dude, you know, I, you know, yeah. if, if I saw you mm-hmm. online and I'm like, OK, I'm trying to hang out with this particular person, whoever that they I are. See. Right. Yeah. Then, you know, you didn't have that option in video dating when they when it was done on VHS tapes. <laughs> VH- you spoke. <laughs> yeah. This is who you were. Hey, that was a thing in the 80s, man. That absolutely yeah. was. That's so funny. <laughs> just hearing the voice. I ended, I ended up cutting that date a little short. I just, I, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> Oh, gotta go. You know, sorry. You know, came up. you know, got a meeting to go to. My bad. You know. Oh, my mom's house is on fire. Gotta go. <laughs> my mom's house. Horrible. <laughs> <laughs> <Matters> so wrong. <laughs> All right, you're hilarious, Rob. All right, let's get on with our show. Of course, it's Black History Month, and we love to spotlight Black excellence. This week, we're spotlighting the late Bayard Rustin. Bayard Rustin quite possibly may be the most influential person in the civil rights era that you've never heard of. And he was denied his place in the limelight for one reason alone. He was gay. Mm-hmm. Bayard was the chief architect of the March on Washington, where Martin Luther King gave his iconic I Have a Dream speech. And he was an openly gay black man. He was sometimes referred to as Mr. March on Washington, special advisor to Martin Luther King, and he organized a large number of key movements and organizations throughout the civil rights era, including the Freedom Rides, the Southern Christian Leadership Conference, and of course, 
the March on Washington. Baird gave us over 60 years of activism with almost every major event from the 40s to the 70s he played a role in. I want no human being to die or to be brutalized because I thoroughly believe that the struggle can be won without brutalization. We will not tolerate the beating of the black people any longer. We will stay in these damn streets until every Negro in the country can vote. We call for a non-violent uprising with people sitting, standing, being arrested, white and black together. We have been told that we will be arrested if we stay here. So Rustin was born in 1912, Westchester, Pennsylvania, but he was raised by his grandparents, growing up believing his biological mother was actually his older sister. His grandparents were relatively wealthy, and his grandmother, Julia Rustin, was a member of the NAACP, and she invited members such as W.E.B. Du Bois and James Weldon Johnson into their home. And this was a significant influence on Rustin during the Jim Crow era. As a child, he realized that he preferred to spend time with males rather than females. And he mentioned this to his grandmother. She responded, and I suppose that's what you need to do. Later in life, in 1953, he was arrested in California after he was discovered having sex with a man. He served 50 days in jail and was registered as a sex offender. But this was ultimately the reason he was forced into a less prominent role in the civil rights movement. It was unfortunate. I wanted to point out that in 1942, about a decade before Rosa Parks, Rustin made a decision to protest Jim Crow laws requiring black people to sit in the back of buses. He said, as I was going by the second seat to go to the rear, a white child reached out for the ring necktie I was wearing and pulled it. Whereupon his mother said, don't touch it, N-word. Rustin said to himself, if I go and sit quietly at the back of the bus now, that child, who was so innocent of race relations, was choosing to play with me. It will have seen so many blacks go in the back and sit quietly that it's going to end up saying they like it back there and never seen anybody protest against it. I owe it to that child that it should be educated to know that blacks do not want to sit in the back. Mm-hmm. He sat down in the front, police were called, and he was subsequently beaten and released. No charges filed. Sound familiar? Yeah. Mm. He also said it occurred to me shortly after that, that it was an absolute necessity for me to declare homosexuality, because if I didn't, I was part of the prejudice. I was aiding and abetting the prejudice that was part of the effort to destroy me. And he continued his struggle against racism and prejudice and in 1956 took a role as an advisor to Martin Luther King. And it's considered to have heavily influenced Martin Luther King's nonviolent approach. MLK was working on organizing the bus boycott in Montgomery, Alabama, and Rustin began advising him on Gandhian tactics. According to Rustin, he says, I think it's fair to say that Dr. King's nonviolent view of tactics was almost non-existent when the boycott began. Dr. King was permitting himself and his children and his home to be protected by guns. 
Rustin convinced King to abandon the armed protection, including a personal handgun. One of the other ideologies Rustin was believed to have influenced was based on his own belief that a social movement has to be based on the collective needs of people, regardless of color, creed, or race, an ideal that was significant in King's speech. They had worked tirelessly working for refugees and Asian American civil rights, gay rights, basic human rights. Even at the time of his death, he was on a humanitarian mission in Haiti. After his death, President Ronald Reagan praised him, and on November 12, 2013, President Obama posthumously awarded Rustin the Presidential Medal of Freedom. Oh, wow. Yep. We argued that Rustin affected more change than any other leader of his time. So, wow. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Thank you. Very I tell you, wow. it's no telling what he could have done if he uh, didn't claim if, if he wasn't living in a time where it was such a terrible thing to be a gay black man. So exactly. right, because he would have been vilified by all segments at yeah. that point. Yeah. Wow, that's yeah. awful. But I really love his grandmother's response. Yeah. Then I guess then that's, I guess that's what you should do. Got to do. Right. <laughs> you do what yeah. you got to do. <laughs> so I mean, that's, that's really awesome. I mean, yeah, it, it was very progressive for the time, for sure. Um, Jacqueline Robinson online says, I wasn't aware of him until I saw an HBO movie called Boycott. Yeah. I wasn't aware of him at all either, actually, until recently. I was looking up some things on, on Black History Month and I saw his name come up. And I was like, who is this guy? And then I'm like, man, he was yeah. integral. He was very integral yes. in the movement. Yeah. Absolutely. Man. Amazing that we hadn't heard about him. Had you heard about him, Gianni? No, not at all. Yeah. And even the fact that you said he influenced um, Martin Luther King's ideology, I, that's of very, non-violence. it makes mm-hmm. sense that he, mm-hmm. it would surpass just race. You know what yeah. I mean? It's it's a person, a human level. That makes sense because yeah. he was treated unfairly even past just being black. And even that later in life, he was really important in the gay rights movement as well. Oh. All right. Yep. yep. All right, let's get into some hot topics. Truth, lies, shenanigans. All right, Robbie. President Biden is 80 years old. Is that a problem? Uh-oh. Right. So does age matter in politics? Well, presidential hopeful Nikki Haley is calling for mental competency tests for U.S. politicians over the age of 75. This is interesting because over a sixth of the U.S. Senate is age 75 or older. Joe Biden is the U.S.'s oldest president ever at 80 years of age. And, you know, it's looking like he's going to be putting in for another run in 2024. And with the 2024 race, oh my. So those that are rumored, unconfirmed, uh, Biden at 80, Trump at 76, John Bolton at 74, Asa Hutchinson, 72, Bernie Sanders, 81, Rick Scott, 69. Uh, Nikki Haley's also confirmed at 51. Ooh, um, she's old. But, yeah, I thought she was like 40. No, that's not old. No, that's not old. <laughs> one is not old. Dude, dude, that, that just hurts, man. I know, right? I'm almost there. And you just... <laughs> I mean, contrary to popular belief, it's not that old. I mean... It's not. It's not. I mean, let Don Lemon tell it. You know, it's a little old. <laughs> But I'm good. I'm sorry, Rob. No, no, not at all. But just with so many aging politicians, does age matter in politics? And I want to get your take on this, my friends. Yanni, what do you think? I mean, honestly, Rob, age shouldn't matter. 
the reason I say that is because I feel age can be important as far as like representation and what that individual has to offer given their age. Like if it's a young person, we can argue they have a fresh perspective because of their age. And then obviously the elders, we have experience, mentorship that I feel like both can benefit. So I feel like age shouldn't matter. But I was speaking about this with my friend. Her mindset reminds me of a, a lot of the people in my generation. So she was saying that age is was a huge issue and that they need to get all the old guys out of there. So I just feel like... <laughs> I feel like I understand where the younger generation is coming from because we do need a fresher perspective. It's not even just about perspective. It's like being represented in your community. It's like a personal representation. So I feel. Let me ask I, you, I, did you, feel, did you watch the state of the union address? Johnny? No, no, no. no Rob, did you happen to watch it? I don't know if you watched. It. I saw some snippets uh, where Joe was very masterful in what he was doing. Oh, you thought he was masterful. Yeah, I saw in the snippets that I saw, he was very masterful in what he was doing. Yes. Let me explain. I mean, what do you mean? Um, when he was talking about uh, Social Security and Medicare, okay. uh, he was saying, like, you know, most of you are coming at me. You want him to repeal these things. Rabble, 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 rabble. Okay, well, some of you are rabble, rabble, rabble. <laughs> okay, a select few of you have been coming after me. Rabble, rabble, rabble. Okay, so we're in agreement then. We're going to leave Medicare and Social Security alone. That's masterful. Okay. That was very okay. well done. And that showed that he was absolutely sharp and on point. He had an agenda and he led them down the garden path. It was, they gave him, he gave them enough rope to hang themselves on that one. Okay. So you beautiful. think, thinking back, yes, I might agree with you. <laughs> but as I was watching it, you know, and I know in the last campaign there was this big piece about biden and his issues with stuttering about his his life but in watching it it seems to be progressing worse he's having trouble talking remembering his train of thoughts kind of go off a little bit i mean he basically talks about like i do on this show (laughs) (laughs) but i'm just saying he, he seems to be struggling more as he's getting older right i mean if i if i just look at him from the campaign to two years later. Now there's a big difference in like uh, his speeches. There's also some of the mistakes he's made, like, and some of them seem age related. I'm saying like he called out for that representative that was deceased, right? He's, she, she, mm-hmm. she had died in a, in a car crash and he's calling out for where is she? Where is she? I don't remember her name. Sorry. And then, you know, he made the public statement that Putin cannot remain in power as if he's about to remove him, nearly starting a war. And then he's got these weird pauses all the time where he's like, seems to be taking a little more time to process things. And, you know, it's fine. I mean, we all age. We all go through this. I'm just concerned that as a president aging to the point where now now we're seeing a a slow, not even a slow decline, I want to say a fast decline in his cognitive abilities, which is normal. I mean, it's normal for his age. But as a leader. Yeah, that's the problem is that he's, he's got the most important job in our country, in the United States. We had Trump in office and we watched his nonsense, right? The dumb things he did, you know, out of but stupidity. See, do, you, do you prefer someone who's of taking a pause, who's thinking about his next words, or just blurts out the next thing that's coming out of his mouth with absolute confidence? Yeah. I don't miss that about I absolutely 45. prefer Biden over Trump. Right? <laughs> absolutely prefer. Pick your I mean, poison. <laughs> I know, but that's what I'm saying. I don't want to pick poison. I, I, I want to pick flowers and, and, and rainbows because <laughs> i right. think we what i'm saying is i think we need 
new people to step up. And it's a shame that we really don't have that. See, I don't think the problem is that Biden's getting old. I think the problem is that there's nobody in the Democratic Party stepping up. Yeah. I mean, he's a very popular president. He's doing a good job. I mean, you I like Jacqueline Robinson's comment, though. She's saying that Mr. Biden has problems with stuttering, which we've acknowledged, and, but he manages it by slowly and deliberately speaking. Sure. So what we consider as pauses are his techniques. But if to you can tell what stutter. he's doing. But if he's overcoming, the... if this is to overcome his stutter. Okay. 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 You know what I mean? Is if it, it is. Okay. Yeah, sure. Even in the article, it said that he was actually very, I don't know if this was just his people talking about him, because, you know, people that are on your side tend to make you look better. But they were saying that he's perfectly fine. His cognitive ability is perfectly fine. He's capable. Mm -hmm. So there's like biased opinions. There's different, there's different opinions on how he's coming across and he's projecting himself. And that's just it, Johnny. Like he recently did do the gamut of tests and they gave him a clean bill of health. So just because you're old doesn't mean you haven't lost your, your capability. When you say clean bill of health, they gave him a clean bill of health, but they acknowledge that he's the effects of aging are catching up. I mean, they acknowledge some things in there and, and and the best doctors that he has, you know, like he is, he does have a problem with his gait. They said that cognitively they saw no difference between last year's and this year's basically is what they said. That it's a wash. I don't know. Uh, anyway, I want to. I want to say Mike Winter is online, and he says, um, "You know, you can be dumb as hell at any age." Santos, MTG, Bobert, <laughs> Trump. Mm-hmm. You know, That's true. <laughs> he also says you you wouldn't vote for Mayor Pete, though. I don't know. I like Mayor Pete. I would have voted for Mayor Pete, but I, I had to vote for Biden because he had a better chance of beating Trump. So. <laughs> mm. I don't know. I I say with age, like Johnny was alluding to. It comes wiseness, stability, knowledge, all these things come with age. But right. I mean, I don't know. I, I'm going to, I'm having a struggle. I'm having trouble talking right now <laughs> and <laughs> I have trouble See? thinking and remembering of what I did yesterday or the day before and things like that. Oh God, yeah. I can't imagine what it's going to be like 30 years from now. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, I'm, I'm struggling right now. Cognitively. I can't imagine what I'll be like in 30 years. And, and he's got to run our country effectively. And you got to consider right now he's 80. But if we elect him a second time, that means he's going out of office at 86. And like I said, just from the campaign to the, just, just a couple of years so far, there has been an obvious decline. I mean, I, and let's can, be honest, we can argue we look it at, all day, but there's a, a decline going before on. Before and after picture. It's always the after picture always kind of looks like a mugshot after doing them four years. You age <laughs> at a quicker, you do age you at a faster do. rate. You do. The it's amount stress. of stress, up. the mm-hmm. work, the, you know, you're not working an eight hour work yeah, day and do. being done. You're available 24 seven. You're Your handling. Oh yeah. I mean, you're being pulled in every direction. You, you've sacrificed your life in service of your country. It's, uh, Obama will tell yeah. you it was one of the most difficult things he's ever done. I mean, it was it was a difficult job for him. So I right. mean, the last good president we had. <laughs> he went in with jet black and he came up with powder white. Right. I mean, it, yeah. it's it's a difficult job. Okay, so did you guys know that Woodrow Wilson had suffered a stroke at his final term, and his oh, wow. wife Edith Wilson effectively ran the country for the remainder of his term? That's right. Yes. Yep. So we might be looking at Jill Biden as president pro temp. Oh, wow. 
I mean, she might already be basically running things up in there. We don't know. But yeah. <laughs> uh, but actually, in one of the interviews, Biden alluded to by his responses that Jill's probably not interested in having him run again. Good. But she said she would support him and what they're doing. But I don't think she's supportive of him running again based upon the way he answers some of his questions. He took some very long pauses in between. I like how Lindsey Graham put it. So anybody dumb enough to run for president should have to take a test. But um, I think, I think that these That's tests funny. would actually be good because, especially if the results are made public, because voters can then properly evaluate candidates. And if you're going to put in these mental competency tests, like Mike Winter was saying, you can be dumb at any age. So why stop at 75? If right. you're taking a position in office, standard. why aren't you writing a standardized test, a competency right. test, so we can kind of go, okay, so this is what you're actually voting for. This person right. is going to speak pretty, but this is what you're actually getting. Because yeah, I'm not here to advocate for ageism. Absolutely not. I'm advocating for competency. I want those who are best suited for the job to lead right. the people. And you can't dismiss wisdom and experience that comes with age. With age. Yeah, that is true. Experience. And I agree with that. That was well said. But you also can't dismiss, you know, senility that comes with age. and <laughs> there, Absolutely. There, cognitive there degradation that comes with age. So. Uh, there's, yeah, no, there's absolutely, we're, we're not at our prime. No, I, from age 30 to 40, we start that slow degradation. Yeah. But so, is that a major Oh, there's some problem. good points online that I, go ahead. No, I was just asking, is that a, like, is his dementia or I don't know if I'm using the right, is it a major issue to where it's really affecting things or is it just I don't like, think right now, I don't think right no. now, I'm more concerned yeah. about six years from now, five, six years from now, because he's, right. if, if he runs a second term and he's in office five, six years ago, that. Like, like Robbie, the decline is significant. After you hit a certain age, it just drops drastically. It's, all, it's almost like when you're growing up, right? There's that 10-year stretch where you just shoot up, you know, and you, you grow really fast, you mature really, really quickly, and then you have this, this long bell curve, and then all of a sudden you just drop. He's at that point where he's, he's at the, the bottom end. <laughs> it, Mike Winter and uh, Jacqueline Robinson are both online. <laughs> Mike Winter mentioned Jinx because they basically said the same thing. Uh, Reagan's ass was completely gone during his second term. Nancy was basically running the country. Joe Biden is not even close to being incompetent mentally as Ronnie was. Jack Robinson mentioned uh, signs of dementia um, and that his wife was uh, helping to run the country as well. Yeah, I don't, I would agree that I don't think he's as far gone as Ronald Reagan was, but I will say, I don't know how he'll look in five years, six years. So I just want to put that out there. All right. Is this truth? Lies, shenanigans. Well, I mean, this is unprecedented. We've never had a president this old. Yeah, it is a true. We've never had it, so we don't even know what it looks like to have a president this old, and if a president this old can handle the rigors of being president. All right, that's true. All right, Johnny, you're up next. Truth, lies, shenanigans. Johnny, you want to talk about this train wreck in Ohio, right? Yes. This is something out of a horror movie. A train carrying hazardous materials heading from Pennsylvania to Illinois derailed on the night of February 3rd. Um, now, this caused a major fire and explosion. So the situation obviously has local people very, very worried. Residents living there were immediately evacuated. 
Residents did return back to their homes last week, but residents have reported concerns. So there's also been reports of fish that had died and also farm animals. There's been symptoms of coughing and liquid diarrhea. So my question to you guys is how should these residents be helped? Mm. Rob? Well, until we know the full extent of the damage, it's hard to really know how to treat this. But at the very least, um, if people are still experiencing these side effects, then there's clearly something not quite right with the ecosystem. So they shouldn't be in their primary residences. They shouldn't be in the community at this time. The rail companies, the chemical producers, the feds have billions in their coffers. So they can relocate these people to a safer spot for the time being. And if there isn't going to be a safer spot for years to come, then the ethical thing would be to offer buyout packages to assist people in relocating from an environment that has become toxic. It's a shame that something like this happened. And I know that when we had spoken about it as we were getting ready, I had noted that during Trump's presidency that they had uh, repealed some safety regulations Mm -hmm. uh, that had been put in place during uh, Obama's administration. But these safety measures would not have actually helped in this situation because the load was not categorized as a high hazard cargo train. This was a mechanical failure from one of the train axles. And unfortunately, as a result, 38 cars ended up spilling what we would consider toxic cargo. But yeah, but it's not considered high hazard. So these safety regulations wouldn't have been in place for this either. But at the very least, move the people if this is going to be poisonous to them. Yeah, why would they say to come back? Why would they say that it was safe to come back? That's that. Oh, because nobody wants litigation. Right. No, if, okay. Because if they say that it's not safe, then they are admitting culpability. Then okay. they are incurring they have to pay a lot of money, billions of dollars. It's, it's going to cost yeah. them. I mean, um, ethically. <laughs> yeah. Jacqueline Robinson mirrored what you were saying. Unfortunately, the previous administration <laughs> got rid of the Obama regulations, and this was a disaster waiting to happen. This also highlights the problem when transporting toxic chemicals across country by train. Uh, Mike Winter says their idiot Republican governor, DeWine, has been reluctant to accept help from FEMA because he didn't want to work with Biden. Oh, come I'm, on. So dumb. I'd find a way to move. I just. I would I, sue them. Like, every, I mean, I know a few of them are being there is some class action lawsuits that some of the residents have. Of course. Against. But I would make this a bigger deal than it is. I would just abandon my home. I'd abandon the place. <laughs> Yeah, I, I would leave. I, I mean, life is so much more valuable than, you know, all the goods in the house and the, the place I live and all that stuff. I mean, if I know it's yeah. toxic, I'd be out of there. There's no way yeah. I subject my family to it. Yeah. What if you nope. couldn't leave for some of those people? I mean, yeah, like you, you're, you're talking like that's that's a position of privilege that you're saying, like the right? major employers in Palestine are the major I'm, I'm impressed that you, I'm impressed that you, Bobby, you feel I'm privileged. Right. I have, I have a, <laughs> but, to, but to say that you're just going to relocate, <laughs> you're going to give up everything and relocate. No, you're, you're right. You're right. There's a lot of people who could not fathom that, that there are a lot of people for whom that's not even a viable choice and that's unless true. they're receiving some type of compensation for this disaster. Right. right. Which I'm sure they will be. I hope. Well, yeah, because otherwise you'd be homeless and, and, and stuff yeah. like that. And you, and you don't want to be homeless. Yeah. 
because you're giving up your livelihood. You're giving up your family's security. This is a huge overhaul. So, you know, it's fine and dandy to even receive a payment from the companies, but there should also be some kind of class action payment, like some kind of payout for, okay, so you're a family of four. This is what you get to help you start your new life in Palm Springs, wherever. City. Mm Mm-hmm. What are yeah, you doing? Because again? you're giving up your job. You got to find a new job. You got to find a new home. You got to build a new life. That's so you're in this daunting. situation. The the fish are dying all around you and all this stuff. What are you doing, Gianni? I feel like one, I would fight to get paid, but two, I would try to get to the bottom of it because I feel like, and I've watched other documentaries on how this was like an accident. I put quotation marks because a lot of people have said that this happened in the past with the whole chemical spill and then the whole toxic town situation. And that it's ironic that it's happening around an area that produces a lot of our food because of the farmland and stuff. So it's just interesting. I would try to get to the bottom of that. Also getting paid. Aaron Brockovich, the shit out of this. <laughs> Aaron the Brockovich. <laughs> yeah. The problem though, is that during the Aaron Brockovich period, people will be dying uh yeah or ending up with cancer during this process okay so my solution from privilege because mike winter says rob you spoke truth about privilege this is why we need to teach empathy in schools and robin johnson says uh just leaving is easier said than done most of these folks have likely never lived anywhere else so i get that right right but with that being said, the house is on fire. I'm not going to stay in the house because, you know, that's where my yeah. house is. You, you, you make a decision that may be difficult to save yourself and your family's lives. So, right. Mm-hmm. It's a brainer. Yeah. So, right. all right. Is that truth, lies, or shenanigans? Oh, that was some wholehearted, unfortunate truth. To me, that's our. Oh, whole and it's some shenanigans because I feel like. Shenanigans going on. There's shenanigans going on. Yeah. But it is a sad truth. Yeah. The, uh, it is a sad truth. Jack and Robinson, the company officials left the town hall meeting early because they didn't want to face the wrath of citizens who demanded answers. Cowardice on so many levels. Oh, yeah. They didn't even turn up for the first one. Yeah. They should they, be ashamed. They, uh, I'm sure they're not because it's all about money. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all about wealth. All right. Yep. Truth, lies, shenanigans. All right. So there is this seven-year-old kid in Florida, of course, of course, Florida, that was suspended from school because the school found out the mom was posing nude on OnlyFans. Apparently, one of the parents anonymously forwarded the OnlyFans content to the principal, and they decided to punish the kid for the mom's job and remove and suspend him from the school. She says in addition to the suspension and being barred from participating in the kid's sporting events, she had to homeschool the kid for a year. And then ended up putting him in public school. That's what she said. Now, the mom, her name is Sarah Lake Cheek. She says she only started OnlyFans after her salon was shut down because of COVID. It ended up being a way for her to make money for herself, her husband, four kids. She claims she was humiliated. She does claim she was humiliated, but she also ended up doing a recent Playboy spread. So my question, was the school right to suspend the kid and should... The mother give up doing OnlyFans. I'm curious what Gianni thinks as the woman on the panel. (laughs) (laughs) I don't like to not people's hustle. I feel like Mm -hmm. I I don't like to judge mothers. You know, I don't have children, but I know it's very, very hard. 
to raise children, make a living. It's interesting, though, that she's providing for the four kids and the husband. I don't want well, to I don't know that she's providing for the husband. I don't know what the husband's doing, but those were her words. So. And I also, I mean, I do have my judgments on it because I feel like if you're doing very successful, making more than what people make in a salary in a month, invest it. Here I mean, she's work. making lots of money. She's 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 in a million dollar home in this million dollar estate. She's 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 making some pretty good money. So she may be stocking up some money to invest it, but she's not gonna have the body she has for very long. So it's like a football True. player. Sometimes you take True. advantage of what you what have, you have for the time. period of time you have it. <laughs> I agree. And I don't think that her son should have been suspended because of this situation. Um, but it's touchy. Cause you could tell that she doesn't even want to really you know, be in that situation. The only thing I don't know, I don't get that impression. Do you? Do you I, don't I don't get, get that, that impression. impression at all. You got no. that she impression. She literally said, "This is what she said." She okay. said, "Having your rights as a mother, a good one at that, taken by someone else for providing, is unimaginably the worst feeling oh. in the world." Oh, you're so saying almost, the situation with the son being removed, but right? It, okay. It's like I feel like she could choose to make a different career choice if she's making that amount now. I know that sounds. Uh, <laughs> I feel dude. that way. Like if you're, if it's affecting you personally now, and you're already making a million dollars, you're not gonna be like, okay, this is petty. Let me put, put it aside. Let me go make my money somewhere else. Unless, like I said, she really enjoys being an OnlyFans model, which I'm sure some of the guys appreciate. But <laughs> I feel like, I don't know. I, I get the impression she enjoys it because she enjoys the money she makes. That's the impression the, I get. Robbie, what do you think? It's. Uh, Okay, so I want to address the hypocrisy in the situation. Okay, so this is a woman who generates her family's revenue by people who pay for online adult content, and like we said, she's earning a decent paycheck at four hundred eighty k a year, and she's being slut shamed by a posse of gossipy parents. This is high school. It's so high school. Who cares how she earns bank to provide for her kids? Now, what I'm very (laughs) curious about is if. We're going to get the same type of action against the parent who purchased the content and then forwarded it. Yeah, to yeah you, you went down the road. I was going to go down. How did they know? Right. So, and if we're going to go down that road, are we going to go after every parent who pays for online adult content? Because exactly. if we're going after one end of the, of the equation, we need to also address the other. It's yep. all or none. Like the yep. situation is beyond hypocritical to me because the sex trade has been around since humans have been around. Mm -hmm. So get used to it. And like you alluded to, Neil, like, I mean, if she's making this kind of bank now, why not send your kid to a private school? Like they're not going to put up with that kind of bullshit. Yeah, absolutely not. So, so Rob, you went straight down the road. I was going to go down. So I I think, I think in general, nudity is over-sexualized, right? You know, it's just flesh, you know, the, sa- the same skin on my thighs, the same skin on my butt, right? Butthole, <laughs> vagina, they're orifices just like your mouth, ears, and nose, right? Men and women have nipples. We both have nipples. You know, shoot, my current state, <laughs> I might be more well-endowed than some women out there. So. <laughs> you know, but for some reason, it's okay for me to go topless, right? Matter of fact, you know, if I'm on the beach, <laughs> I'm an outlier if I prefer to be covered up, right? You know, so, you know, I think I think people need to chill in general. I mean, and and I liked your point, Robbie, about the fact that, you know, if anything, we got to eliminate the problem. The problem is the consumers. It's the consumers that sexualize nudity. 
Think about it. If, if somebody's horny enough, they can get off on, on, on somebody's nasty ass feet. So, I mean, you don't even need to show nipples and butt and, 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 and vagina. You, you just, they yeah. do, they get, they get off on feet and, and hair you and do, you do you, you do you. <laughs> I mean, people, it, it's the consumers. It's the consumers that are a problem. And I agree with you. Those are the people that should be punished. If you're going to punish, if you're going to choose to punish somebody, because mm-hmm. without the consumers, she, she's not living in a, a million dollar home. She, she's not making her 48, 480K a year or whatever, whatever she makes. So uh, that's I think my that the thought. whole thing was just petty and childish to get that child um, suspended in the first place. Uh, it's just a hate on for, for the mom, man. It's gossipy. It's, yes. it's gossipy people who are gelling. Absolutely. And I love Jacqueline Robinson's last comment. You know, what if the husband was a drug dealer? Would the same rules apply? Would the Ooh. child be suspended? It's a good Probably. question. Right. I mean, and, and the worst thing is if being a drug well, dealer is, 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 you know, breaking the law. <laughs> she's not yeah, even breaking the law. She's, she's legal. True. She's legal. I mean, and, and to get this straight, Floridians are all okay with being all up in women's uteruses and their decisions with that and tracking little girls' periods and, and, and really nudity? Really? OnlyFans? <laughs> There was a point that uh, the mother made. So she said there's a lot of celebrities, movie stars showing their breasts and ass all over major movies, TV shows. And it's like art acting. But if she's a private citizen doing the exact same thing, she's made out to be like a slut and a whore. I mean, come on. It's it's really not fair. It's not fair. Yeah, it isn't fair. There is a double standard there. We got some comments online. Um, Robin Johnson, there is no morality clause. So why suspend the kid? Uh, somebody was mad. Their husband was looking. <laughs> <laughs> really, what it stemmed yeah. from? That's probably what it is. Man. You know, and that's, that's where that's where a lot of the problems with the porn industry come from. Is you know, married uh, wives concerned yeah. about their husbands looking at other women. What? What are you going to say? I just I love that you put gender labels on things. I, yeah, I, I do that at the same time. And I, I, it's, okay, it, it's a genderless it, it problem. Yes. It could be it's a genderless it, it, problem. Typically, yes, it, it originates because one spouse is being honest about the conversation that they've had, and about if that sex. comes out, mm-hmm. that's an that's an issue. Yeah, yeah and so. so they're holding the other people responsible as opposed to their husbands and wives. Yep, bingo. Yeah, good point. Good yeah. point. Yeah, I agree with you there. All right, did I hear you say husband? Where is he? This is again attacking single moms Thank trying you. to make ends meet with alleged Puritan values. That's Mike Winter. All right. Is this truth? Lies, shenanigans. Lies, shenanigans. All kinds of shenanigans tonight. Shenanigans. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Coming back with some shenanigans for real. It's over the top. They're just a little over the top with all this, man. Need to chill out, people. It's just skin. It's just nipples. Puritanical. We all have nipples, guys. We all have nipples. (laughs) Every human was born with (laughs) nipples. Oh, no, Rob. You're going to get us canceled. (laughs) Don't show those nipples. Don't show the nipples. I stopped that camera high. I stopped the camera high. You stopped it perfectly. <laughs> All right. Time for the game show. All right. That was a good one today. That was some good topics. I enjoyed that, guys. Oh, yeah. You guys were awesome. That was good. Yeah. All right. Today's game is Who Said It? Black History Edition. All right, real simple. Gianni and Robbie will go head to head. 
The app provided by PBS.org will give us a quote stated by someone significant in black history. And Rob and Gianni will each have to guess who said it. Now, both of you can guess on each question and whoever gets a correct answer gets a point, but we'll alternate who goes first. We'll do it that way. All right. Person with the most points gets the final thought for the show. All right, let's get started. All right. Who said it? Injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. Was that Martin Luther King Jr., civil rights activist and minister? Frederick Douglass, statesman, writer, and political activist, or James Baldwin, novelist, playwright, and social critic. Johnny, you start. Was that Frederick Douglass? Frederick Douglass, what do you think, uh, Robbie? Well, I also thought Frederick Douglass. Frederick Douglass, let's see. Yes. Incorrect. Oh. Answer. Wrong answer. It was Martin Luther King. Yep. Yep. Wow. Yep. I should have known. All right. Should have gone said with it? my gut. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Um, who said it? If not us, then who? If not now, then when? Was that Barack Obama, 44th President of the United States, James Baldwin, novelist, playwright, and social critic, or John Lewis, member of the U.S. House of Representatives and civil rights leader? If not us, then who? If not now, then when? Robbie? So the author's name is Baldwin, correct? Yes. So that will be my answer. Johnny? Lewis. John Lewis, let's see. Yeah. The answer is John Lewis. Johnny got it right. All right. Who said it? Character, not circumstances, makes the person. Was that Martin okay. Luther King Jr., civil rights activist, minister, Booker T. Washington, orator, author, political advisor, or Langston Hughes, poet, playwright, and activist? I love Langston Hughes. All right, Robbie. I mean, Johnny, you're first. Oh, I love him. Um, I don't know if that was him, though. Was it? I feel like that was Booker T. Washington. You think it's Booker T? What do you think, Rugby? Ooh, I hope. I'm going to go with Martin Luther King. Martin Luther King. Let's check Booker T. Booker T is the correct answer. Johnny is cleaning up tonight. (laughs) All right, Gianni. All right. Who said it? If there's no struggle, there's no progress. Was that Malcolm X, Langston Hughes, Frederick Douglass? Uh, Rugby, you're first. Robbie's first. Mm, okay. Malcolm X. Malcolm X. What do you say, Johnny? Put it in the form of a question. All right. <laughs> right. He said, "Oh, both of you are incorrect. That was Frederick Douglass." Oh, Frederick Douglass. Shit. All right. We're gonna make this the last one. It looks like Gianni's in the lead, so we'll see. As I give, I get. Let's see if Robbie can get one. Rosa Parks, civil rights activist. Mary McLeod Bethune, civil rights leader, educator, political advisor, or Harriet Tubman. Abolitionist, Union spy, and humanitarian. Danny, you're first. I think it was Harriet Harriet Tubman. Yes. Okay. Robbie? I think it's Harriet Tubman also. Harriet Tubman. As I give, I get. You were Skunked. both wrong again. <laughs> Mary McLeod Bethune. Yeah. But Gianni, you win. We're doing shout outs. Shout out. All right. Shout outs, uh, Robbie. My shout out is to every Canadian who will be enjoying family day tomorrow. Uh, Please enjoy one another's company and be safe. If you're going to be out on the ice and having fun, just be careful. All right. (laughs) Gianni. 
Um, shout out to my best friend, Lamb. I hope that you're watching now and I hope that you enjoyed the show. <laughs> All right. I'm looking at the comments online. They were doing the, uh, the game show and bunch of answers and Mike Winner's like we all wrong. <laughs> Horrible. <laughs> I, think G- I think Gianni did better than everyone on I never win anything either, so that's weird <laughs> that finally, I actually- <laughs> finally got it. All right, and my shout out goes to my niece Simone Hargrove. It's her 17th Aww. birthday. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Simone. I love that name. Hell yeah, she's awesome. And she is just awesome. Yeah. Love Aww. her so much. Awesome. Yeah. Seventeen. Yeah. Yep, seventeen years old. I, I, she was like eleven when I first met her. Grown up so much. Right. All right, and that is officially all the time we have for today's show. I'd like to thank all of you for joining us. We hope you learned something, gained a new perspective. For, <laughs> gained a new perspective. I told you I can't talk today. I feel like as, as you're pushing fifty, you're judging I keep Biden. the mind just going, Neil. I need I need to slow down like Biden. Slow down. Take a yeah. second. <laughs> <laughs> all right <laughs> we hope, hope you simply had some laughs we will be back recording our podcast live next week 7 p.m eastern time we're excited that micah from the nerd apocalypse and black on black cinema podcast will be guest hosting with us next week don't forget check out our video clips subscribe to us on youtube using tlsshow.com and look for our official podcast episodes on tuesdays on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Our winner for the final thought of the day, Miss Gianni Storm. Close us out, Miss Gianni Storm. So love is still in the air because Valentine's Day just passed. Just remember to tell your significant other, your best friend, your mom, your dad, us, that you love them. And just continue to have love for yourself. Love makes the world go round. I love that, Gianni. I love that. And my wife's online. She reminded me she was nine years old. Simone was nine years old when I first. We're slipping, Neo. (laughs) I told you I'm having some cognitive, you know, I don't know. Literally. 30 years from now, I don't know what I'm going to look like. All right. (laughs) Thank you, Robbie Rock, Gianni. But most importantly, we need to thank you for listening to our shenanigans each and every week. Have a good one, everyone.